Tank win. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Good evening. I'm Jay Zawoski. With me here is Greg Boyson. We're in Studio B, the Tilty Studio. Uh, thanks for joining us. Make sure if you're on the YouTube channel, you smash that like button. If you're listening to a podcast, make sure you are subscribed to said podcast, and we would greatly appreciate it. The Hawks lose 5-2 at the United Center to the St. Louis Blues, and here we go. This is the season we've been planning on. This is the experience we knew was going to happen this year. Once again, the Hawks just outclassed. Too much talent on the Blues, and the Hawks end up losing 5-2. It is what it is. All I can do is shrug. I'm not mad. I'm not frustrated. There were some things that frustrated me. But overall, this is exactly what we signed up for. Yeah, it just took a little while for these yeah. games to actually get here on a consistent basis. This is what's going to be from here on out. You'll steal a game here or there. Mm-hmm. Blues came in, winners of three straight. They had their moms in town or older sisters, uh, depending on what elevator you rode in upon. <laughs> we'll tell you that story later. But... um you know, they were a team that everybody, three weeks ago, we were all like, oh, Craig Berube's not even going to be the coach of the St. Louis Blues when they they won their first three games of the year, lost six in a row, and now have won four straight, which included roadway wins in Vegas and Colorado. Yeah. And this was the last game on their trip, so you thought, oh, maybe they'll take the foot off the pedal a little bit. You just beat Colorado. You just beat Vegas, two of the best teams in the West. Now you're in Chicago, and the, and the, and the Blues just toyed with the Blackhawks for most yeah, of the Yeah, I mean... Look, there, there were moments where, and this is what we discussed the other night, where you see what the Hawks are trying to do. You see what they're trying to accomplish. They just don't have the skill to accomplish it. There were so many times where you say, I see what you're looking at. I see what you see, but the pass is right off the mark, or it's at somebody's skate, or your shot gets blocked. Yada, yada, yada. That's where the or, talent gap really, or really shows. somebody passes instead of shooting, or somebody waits an extra two or three beats before getting the shot and then the defenseman stick is in the way as opposed to just there's so many instances in this game and as we will break it down we'll get in more but there's just lack of urgency from some of these offensive players yeah they get the puck they want to skate 10 feet closer they want to get a better shoot it yeah you're not scoring any five on five goals shoot the freaking puck yeah get the perfect shot just get it on the net get it on the net and it was just like the carolina game Blackhawks had some golden opportunities, couldn't cash in, just missed it. Shot goes wide. Shot goes over a stick. They get too close. Jordan Bennington stick poke checks it away. Meanwhile, Blackhawks try and pass a puck through the center eyes. Boom, it's right behind their goalie. Every time. Every time. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's what it is. That's what happens when you have a talent <laughs> gap. One team gets the chances, can't capitalize. The other team, just every mistake kills you. Yeah. I uh, got a comment in the chat from Squarehead Bates. Compete, fight hard, lose. Can't say I'm unhappy about that outcome. That's it. This is what a yeah, tank win is. And absolutely. there were moments where the Hawks, like when the Hawks had the puck in the zone on the power play, it was pretty effective. They were moving it well. They were generating uh, shooting opportunities and scoring opportunities. It was a very non-Hawks blues game where it was not very physical at all. And there were a ton of of odd man rushes both ways for both teams. It was overall like kind of entertaining. 
It was, Again, I'm just, it was entertaining I'm, for about six and a half minutes of the second period. Yeah, I, well, even, I, I don't know. I just, the first period had some flow to it. There were some action. There were some things happening. It, it didn't feel all crudded up and, yeah. you know, like sloggy through the neutral zone. It wasn't, or, it wasn't the Islanders game. No, thank God. Um, it's just, you know, it just, this is kind of where we're at. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I think what, after the Anaheim game, we've got people in the chat worried yeah. About the tank, this this is what it looks like. Yeah, this gonna, is how this team's going to be. what it is, and we're going to get to those tank standings in a little bit. And yeah. they look a lot better for those who are hoping for the worst, best. I don't know how to put that. Yeah, it's yeah however it's, you define it. If you're, if you're hoping for the Blackhawks to have really good odds of getting the number one overall pick, they are certainly have been improving. Uh, the last couple of nights have been really good because the Hawks have gotten no points in their last two games, and... Everybody that was below them in the standings are winning. Yep. Uh, Ottawa won the night. The Ducks and the Blue Jackets, the Canucks, and uh, the uh, somebody, the Sharks. They all won last night. So it's it's uh, getting better or worse, depending on what you're looking at. But yeah. the odds are improving on getting one of those top three picks. Uh, we get a comment on on Jones, Caleb Jones. Yes, we'll get into that. But not not a great night and. I wouldn't be surprised if he is watching uh, from the Boston press box on Saturday. I mean, on the ice for all five goals against, and a couple of them were plays that he could have helped prevent. I forgot they're playing Boston. Yeah, Boston on Saturday. <laughs> That's going to be fugly. <laughs> oh, my God. They're probably going to win two to one. What, right? Wouldn't that, that would be the, be the game that, be that the they win? Thing? Yeah. Like when we'll you, all remember it as the Peter Morazic game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jake in the chat says, not very impressed with Kaner and Jones right now. Look, uh, you notice Patrick Kane's lack of everything except offense when he's not scoring and the team isn't winning. Patrick Kane's playing the same hockey he's played since he joined the Blackhawks. Yeah, he's Today, always had a lackadaisical feel about him. Not saying he is lackadaisical, but. No, it's he. he it's just, Marion Hosa said a pregame. He is a strictly offensive player. Yeah, he said that about Patrick Kane. Not in a mean way, just a fact. It's a fact. Tonight, Patrick Kane, eighteen thirty-seven of ice time. He had an assist, five shots on goal, and three more shot attempts. So Patrick Kane was Patrick Kane in this game. And until the puck starts going in, people are going to start to notice the head down, the piano on the back, those sort of things that you can kind of look away from. You know, when he's producing at a high level, he's not producing goals at a high level, so people are going to notice stuff like that. But, yeah, you're right about Caleb Jones. For his own good, Yeah, you have to sit him. And minus five on the ice for every goal against. Uh, not that he's to blame for all of them by any means, but you're, ta- you're seeing a guy who's really fighting it, who is, you could tell the game's gotten to him a little bit. It needs He needs to he needs take a, a step back. The things need to slow down for him. He needs a, he needs to reset, yeah. and that happened earlier in the year. He, he Luke Richardson scratched him for a game, and when he came back, he was pretty good for about yeah. three or four games. Yep. And now it's back to the the ugh, I don't know. You know, he's he didn't have another five on five shift after that goal. They put him back out for a little bit for that late power play. Other than that, he did not see the ice again after that. Uh, fifth goal where he just got beat up the ice by uh 80s wrestling villain ivan barbashev <laughs> or your favorite Boo! 
<laughs> or your or your favorite can of discounted shaving cream, however you whatever makes you think. But just you know, it's it was a rough game for Caleb. He's had a, about three or four rough games in a row, but this one was the worst. This is a guy that is just I think is in in his own head right now. He doesn't he doesn't know what to do, and and that happens a lot. And it seems that when things can snowball avalanche for you where all of a sudden you're just, you're, you're, you don't know what you're doing. And then every shift there it is right in front of you. Yep. And it's another goal against, and you just put your palms up and go, I, I, I don't have the answers right now. So some time away, maybe watch this weekend from the press box, but Philip Roos and Regula out there, Regula, not the great game either. Yeah, he, was he was on the ice either. for, a bunch of those goals, too. So minus so. three. He was on the ice for uh, a goal four. So yeah, that that so helped him out a little. The bit. The only one he wasn't on the ice for was the uh, uh, the shorthanded goal. Yeah, that they gave up. Uh, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's I, this is what it is as we as we were saying. Like, yes. Well, let, let's focus on some of the positives here because yeah. there, there are a few. Um, you mentioned uh, players like waiting, waiting, waiting to shoot. That was Andreas Atanasiu on his first scoring chance. Uh, had it, had the spot, picked a spot, and waited just a tick too long, and it gets blocked. But he had two goals, was effective. I saw him late in the game, excuse me, with a uh, with a nice back check, but kind of a weird approach where he could have just lifted the stick but kind of positioned himself around the Blues player, and it turned into a, a dangerous kind of a situation for the Hawks. But... Overall, I've been really satisfied with what Athanasiu has brought to the Hawks this year. He's constantly competing. Uh, from what we can sense in the locker room, seems to always have a smile on his face. He's always having fun at practice. Seems like a positive guy to be around. And I think he's completed a lot more of his scoring chances than we thought he would. Uh, the goal, the first goal he scored today was an absolute beauty. Max Domi with a lovely chip pass. Hits him in stride, and he stick handles around Bennington, who I did not see crying about anything tonight, but I'm sure he was. Um, I, I, I think he he's playing pretty well. Um, you know, Domi, he's out there, and he's making things happen. Three shot attempts, really frustrated. Um, he had a bunch of good looks that got blocked, and at one point in the third, takes a shot. It gets uh, deflected in here in his very high-pitched voice. <laughs> but it was the F word, very, very loud, echoing through the UC, which was about uh, two-thirds full today. Um, who else stood out to you in a positive way? I know we're going to get to our four stars, but anybody else really uh, deserve some special credit? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, listen, I, I don't... The effort was there. The the Yeah. It wasn't just... It wasn't like that first period in Anaheim or most of that LA game where you were just like, what are these guys, you know, don't give a crap. So it's, it's, it's hard to harp on a team that lost to a better team. Yeah. A team that's a, supposed a, to contend. Yeah. yeah. You just, you, you're supposed when you look at the two rosters, you're supposed to lose to the St. Louis Blues. Right. So it's, it's tough to be upset and you know, losses are kind of the idea. So, you know, there, there were some decent things out there. I thought 
Um, you know, a couple of the other defensemen had good games. You know, Jared Tenorti did what he does. Jake McCabe was very noticeable out there. Um, yeah, McCabe had a good game. Even even you mentioned uh, Boris Kachuk was kind of noticeable for for a little bit of the game, which is kind of rare. Um, See, for for me with him, it is a question of engagement. His first game back from injury, he was a freaking wrecking ball. He was hitting everybody. He was. And then since then, he's just kind of been a passenger. Yeah. So Kachuk, to me, is a guy who kind of dictates his own success. He's got to go out there and, and be a pain in the ass to play against. And, and and when he's not, he's really just a body. On a team full of bodies. Yeah, and there's a guy you mentioned to me uh, during the third yeah, his, that you think is, a, is approaching plug status. You want to get to him, too? Yeah, well, that'd be the guy that this studio was once named after. This yeah. was one, uh, uh, Taylor Radish. Um, I don't see it. I just don't. He's not a top six forward, but it's not his fault that he's right. playing on the top six. But, I mean, he just, I don't know what it is. Like, he gets himself in really good positions, and he gets there, and it's like, nothing. He's just, he's not overly fast. No. He's not overly big. He doesn't have a great shot. He's not a great passer. He is the very definition of a guy. And if you have Taylor Radish on a contender, fourth line, maybe a third line, yeah. and a pinch. If you're getting but, if you're getting nine or ten goals from him as your fourth liner, that's that's not bad on a on a playoff team. Yeah, you're getting nine or ten goals from him skating next to Jonathan Taves. It's bad. Yeah, that's it's disappointing because it's a guy who last year, like you said, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, he's great. Really kind of <laughs> really kind of impressed us. Uh, you know, coming off the Hagel trade and made his presence felt right away. But that was a a better team. He was in a different role. Yeah, you know, you had Doc and you had to bring it, so he was pushed down the lineup a little bit. Now that he's been forced into a top six, he just doesn't belong there full-time. And, yeah, maybe in a pinch, when you've got some guys banged up, he's fine enough to put up there for a handful of games, but it, he just can't be a permanent right. top and, six. And, well, again, they're trying to see if he can handle it because that's what these this NHL roster dictates, and you're yeah. getting your answer that he's not a top six forward. They're, they're giving him his shot. I think 16 games is a long enough a big enough sample size to be like, yeah, that's not working right now. There really isn't anybody else you could put there. That would be any more effective. No, of course. Yeah. Unless so, you're calling up Reichel well, or somebody that's, like that's, that. That's the thing. It's like that. There's no that point could, right now. That could be the Reichel slot, but Reichel has been struggling a little bit. He had a good game today. The ice hogs uh, had one of them fun school day games in grand rapids and beat, uh, the Red Wings farm team six to one. So at least we beat one of our hated rivals. <laughs> uh, and he had a goal and assist, but he's not setting the world on fire the last couple of weeks. So, and there's no reason to bring him up. Nah. There's no reason to bring him up. Um, so I guess Radish, I mean, I wouldn't know. It, it, you can't, you can't sit him though. Cause who's going to come in and right. I mean, not saying sit him, but take him out of the, that yeah, line. But who I else mean, do you put there? I mean, Mackenzie and Whistle. Yeah. It's kind of just the same guy. Jujar Kara got to play with Taves a little bit last yeah. year, but that doesn't do anything different. Blackwell. It gives you a little more speed. He plays hard. Uh, yeah, I well, mean, that's plays the thing. hard, loves the game. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it's funny. And going back to Radish and Kachuk, like the other night I was saying to you at the game, is there a lower event player on this team than Boris Kachuk? And you look at in a game that I did not hate of his tonight, 
Boris Kachuk, 10 minutes and 10 seconds of ice time. No shots, no shot attempts, no hits, no giveaways, no takeaways, no block shots. Literally nothing. nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing on his score sheet. Taylor then Radish. The, then why the hell did I even notice him? Taylor Radish, 17-12 of ice time with Jonathan Taves the entire game. By the way, Taves won 18 faceoffs and lost five. Taylor Radish, minus one, one shot. That's it. And he had that play where he got in close. And it was just him and Taves and the goalie, and he botched the pass. Yeah, Bennington got his. Yeah, but. But he waited too long. Yeah, just put the fucking puck on nut. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's. These are the same. Like, we could probably record <laughs> I know, really. this post game show. <laughs> this is the default. And play show. it 66 <laughs> more times, and nobody would know. I like, you the know difference. what? We can just do it, Steven, to save time. We'll just record every team name. And every yeah, possible just, score. Just throw it in. All right, welcome in the Blackhawks. Lost to the Dallas Stars. <laughs> and then just play this podcast. It's fine. Yep. It would totally work. Uh, there's some chat chatter in the chat uh, about tra- trade rumors. Uh, the Leafs in- may be interested in Connor Murphy. I haven't yeah. really seen that. Uh, but it, it's not surprising that that would be in the rumor mill. Um with Jake Muzzin going down, I listen. I think contending teams would be calling for Connor Murphy. Sure, he's still got two more seasons after this, or three more seasons. Uh, let me grab it right now. I'm right here. Uh, he's got at least two more seasons after this, but at less than five million per, I think he's got this and three more. Yeah, at at four million. Four million. I mean, that's very four point four. Very uh, cap friendly. Shout out. Um, That's where I got the information. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, and the Maple Leafs are a team that's always going to be pushing uh, the salary cap limit until Austin Matthews signs with the Blackhawks in two years. But, um, yeah, I don't know what uh, those – how strong of rumors those are. You would think that if they really were sweating this Muzzin thing, they'd be trying to do something relatively quick. Um, but you know, something as they get further and further along, they, they're, I know they're trying with a couple of AHL guys. If they don't work out, then they could get a little more desperate. I think you can get a pretty good return for Connor Murphy. Um, I, I think if you're trading him this year, you wait unless Toronto's saying, we're going to give you a first unless, or somebody, maybe it's Ottawa gives you a first. I'm not moving him. And I think he's got a lot of value at the deadline. I think because a lot of teams are going to say, oh, we yeah, really need sure. a stud, but with his injury history, you never know when Connor Murphy's going to... He's got back issues. He's had concussion issues. So you never know when he's going to miss a, a good chunk of time. And I, I really like Connor Murphy. But I think at 4.4 with three years after this one, he is extremely valuable to another team. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think the Hawks can do pretty well in moving him. Um, it's just a matter of, okay, then who steps in? So then you've got Roos, Regula, and Caleb Jones in every night. And you want to talk about tanking? There's yeah. how you do it. Yeah, and well, you'd probably call up another guy from Rockford. Um, yeah, Vlasic maybe. Vlasic, um, you know, Ian Mitchell had a big game today: two power play goals, two assists. Um, I, I, when you I know, po- when I put that on Twitter earlier, everybody right away was like, "Well, put him in the lineup." And it's like, eh, I don't know. Uh, the guy that's having a really sneaky good year that is always overlooked is Jakob Galvis. Yeah. He's got... He's I liked a, him last year. He's a point-per-game player right now. He's got a goal and 10 assists in 11 games. He's been getting the job down down there. So, And he's steady. So he might be the guy 
that that might come up first if if there's a call up for some reason. But I well, you know, we're we're just spitballing ideas here with a trade that may or may not happen. But I would like to see Mitchell get a look. I because think they, they have to figure to out look. what's going on. Yeah, with this him. is the last year of his deal, so you got to give him. I say you got to give him at least ten or twelve games, so you can get an idea. Is this a guy that's part of the rebuild, or is this a guy we're moving on from? Um, I'm thinking they're leaning towards that second option. Yeah, based on some of the things we've heard, but uh, I think they need to give him a look, an extended look, just to see what you got, because you don't know what you got out of him. Yeah. All right. Mario's going to join us here in a second. Let's recap the scoring real quick. 14.09 into the first period. Callie Rosen uh, uh, scores a goal. And here's what stood out about that one. Max Domi makes a great move to create some space for himself in the offensive zone. Then just stops. Literally pulls up and stops. Looks to make a pass. Looks to make a pass. Throws it into the middle of the slot where there's four players from two different teams Goes the other way. Kelly Rosen scores his second of the season, assisted by Falk and O'Reilly. 2 nothing Blues, 5-12 uh, into the second period. Uh, Jordan Cairo just gets some room to operate, room to maneuver. Waits, 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 and beats Soderblom, uh, his sixth goal of the year. Hawks answer back, 7-19 into the second. Andreas Athanasiu uh, takes that pass from Domi I mentioned and undresses Jordan Bennington figuratively, not literally. God. His fourth of the year, but then moments later, uh, less than a minute later, Ryan O'Reilly picks off a Patrick Kane pass, uh, shoots it. The rebound kind of directs off a bunch of guys and goes in the back of the net. A uh, minute and a half later, Andreas Athanasiu scores again for the Blackhawks. Jujar Kara with a nice pass breakup in the uh, blue in the Hawks zone leads to a two-on-one with Kurashev and Athanasiu. Um, Mikola, the defenseman, takes. Kurashev leaving Athanasiu the only option to shoot. He does, and he scores. Uh, it's 3-2 at that point. Then the Blues make it 4-2 on Tyler Pitlick's uh, first goal of the season. It's not just a name. It's also a fetish. Uh, that was assisted by Alexandrov and a carry. Gross. Um, and then uh, in the third, uh, Barbashev, our favorite WWF villain, gets his third of the year, uh, blowing past Caleb Jones for his minus five on the night. Barbashev's third of the year. So... There you have it. That's how the scoring happened in this one. So instead of uh, talking about that, let's let's talk about something lovely and something delicious. And I'm talking about Green Ridge Farm meats. Meats always make me feel better after a Hawks loss. I'm gonna go home and draw my sorrows with some meat sticks tonight, and uh, you should too. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches, all those things. Everything at Green Ridge Farm is all natural, including the meat sticks, which are hardwood smoked. For eight hours, they've got 16 grams of protein per stick, and they make a perfect work post-workout snack. They come in chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. They're delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in a refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. I get mine at Pete's. Right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Hey, the next Blackhawks home game is going to be a fun one. 
Uh, yep. Pittsburgh Penguins are in town. The former team of one Marion Hosa, who was going to be in the building, they're going to have a little uh, celebration for him. Put his number 81 in the rafters. And if you want to go to that game and be there and get there before 430, because that's when the ceremony starts, and you don't have tickets yet, well, you're going to go to our friends at game time, and you're going to get yourself some Marion Hosa retirement night tickets at the lowest prices available. You're going to save a ton of money. Those tickets have been dropping consistently the last couple of weeks, but I wouldn't wait too much longer to snag those tickets. Game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sporting events, concerts, and everything in between. If you Basically, go to our podcast description. If you're on YouTube right now, Scroll down, hit that big thumbs up button on your way down there. Please give us a like. We love those. And you'll see a link to game time. And if you're listening, uh, the audio version, whatever app you're listening on, you'll see it in the description as well. Click on that game time link. That's going to take you to the, to the site. It's going to help us out a lot by you, by buying your tickets while using that link. You're going to not find better deal on Blackhawks tickets this season the Hosa game, you're going to get under under 100 bucks now are the tickets for that. They were well over 100 bucks a couple of weeks ago. Most games from here on out, you're going to be able to get tickets for under $20 for Blackhawks games. So great deal. If you love CHGO, you'll love game time. Remember, please use that link in the podcast descriptions when you're heading over to buy your tickets. And joining over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats you thought were never possible. All right, let's go to the United Center and bring in our buddy, Mario Tirabasi. Mario, there we go. We're, we're at full strength now. Why am I getting my sound effect? This is, this what would is, your sound effect be? What, 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 I don't know what to do for your, your sound effect, Greg. That's a uh, tough one. I don't know. I'll think of something. I, something. I feel like I'm getting gypped. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, buddy? Hey. What's going on, guys? What do we learn? Stuff? Things? Stuff? Have you? Things? Uh, turnovers are bad. Mm. Um. That's that's pretty much the uh, the lesson of the night. Um, All right, this I has just... been the CHGO Blackhawks <laughs> podcast. Thanks for joining us. No, we uh, we we talked to Jack Johnson after the game, um, and you know he just reiterated kind of the obvious: when you turn the puck over to a team like the Blues, who are better than their record says, um, bad things will 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 happen. And that was the story of the night. Blackhawks had too many turnovers. Luke Richardson, um, the last few days, especially this morning, has been harping on the importance of not turning the puck over at either blue line, you know, the, your own zone or in the offensive zone. Mm. And uh, the Blackhawks had a, uh, a tough time of not doing that tonight. And uh, I, I, two of them that, that stood out to me, two turnovers that stood out to me and, and really were big differences in the game were the, uh, the old game's opening goal which um, I believe, Greg, you, you put it out on Twitter, the stat the uh, Blackhawks have given up the first goal in 12 of their 16 games this season. Uh, that's not a winning recipe. Uh, the, first, the first goal given up, um, our, our, our favorite passer, uh, Max Domi, uh, <laughs> made a great move. I, honestly, he made, a, he made a great move to get into the offensive zone, uh, get behind a defender. I don't remember exactly who it was that he got, uh, got past, but made a great move to get into the offensive zone turned a, a two on three chance into a two on two chance skated to the center of the ice had a, had from, from my vantage point, from our vantage point, he had a good chance if he, if he put it on net and instead he decided to pass it to nobody 
uh, and it ended up going out of the Blackhawks zone into the blue zone, forcing the Blackhawks in an odd man, uh, odd man chance going the other way that, you know, a couple seconds later, it's in the back of the net and it's one nothing. Then Andreas Athanasiu scores his first of two of the game uh, to cut the game to a 2-1 Blues lead at that point. This is in the second period. And uh, a few minutes later, the Blackhawks, they got some momentum rolling. They're on the power play. Uh, and Patrick Kane throws a cross-ice pass. No look. That's intercepted by Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly. He eventually goes back the other way and uh, puts in his own rebound on, on a two-on-one chance. And it's 3-1, and Blackhawks, even though they cut it to 3-2, weren't able to uh, to muster up another uh, two-goal comeback uh, tonight. So those those were two that stood out to me that really, you know, one, kills the momentum of not being able to score the first goal of the game, uh, and two, kills the momentum of cutting a, a two-goal lead in half and having a power play. Um, those are two killers. And, and on the on the Kane turnover, Luke Richardson spoke post-game um, specifically about that play and how – you know the, the 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 power play uh, on that uh, on that play. The guys who were on the ice weren't necessarily in their right pos- in their normal positions. I don't want to say the right position, but they were in the, weren't in their normal positions on the power play. He said, you know, Radish was was out of his normal position. Domi was out of his normal position. So the setup really wasn't what they wanted. And Kane made a quick decision where he didn't really have a really didn't have anywhere to go with the puck. Um, I don't know how much I agree with that. But uh, he made the he made the the choice to try and you know get a get a cross ice pass, and um, it ends up going the other way, and it was a, it was a tough turnover. So that was the uh, you know the lesson of the night: don't turn the puck over against teams that are better. Probably shouldn't do it against any team, but no, definitely yeah, not against don't. teams that are better. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, most, yeah I'm, most I'm not. Teams, I'm most not teams buying. Are better right now. I'm not buying that Luke Richardson explanation either. I'll I'll, I'll listen to the, the to it later, but. Like, okay, people weren't where they were supposed to be, but doesn't Patrick Kane have eyeballs to see that and not make that pass? Yeah, throw a blind pass up the, up the middle of the ice is, I mean, I know it's worked for him in the past and everyone oohs and ahs when it does, but situational awareness yeah. and, like, you can you can see him getting frustrated. And it's understandable because he's not used to this. Even when the teams were bad the last few years, him and DeBrinket were still lighting things up. Yeah. So personally, he felt better, right? Like, well, you know, the rest of the team sucks, but I'm still good. Now he's really struggling to put the puck in the net, and and you can see the frustration from him. And before you jumped on, Mario, we had some fans saying, boy, I'm really getting frustrated watching Kane. It's no different. It's the same amount of effort that he's always given, but when the goals don't go in, patience runs thin. Yeah. And uh, people are starting to see that other side of his game uh, that no one really wanted to acknowledge when he was when he was lighting things up. To, to piggyback quickly on that stat, this was the 12th game out of 16 the Blackhawks have given up the first goal of the game. In eight of those 12 games, they've fallen behind 2 nothing. So half of the games this year, they've gone fallen behind 2 nothing. They're lucky. How do they even have 15 points is a miracle. It is. It's amazing. Like, that Anaheim game is such a reminder. Like, yeah, they had no business. No sharks game too. <laughs> yeah, like there's just they had no business being in that game at all, and they end up with two points. And again, we had people freaking out. This is it. We Mario, before you jumped down, we said told Stephen just to save this show, and we'll just fill in the names of the opponent because <laughs> this is what most most games are going to look like from here on out. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the hot start to the year and, you know, having the record be 6-6-3 six, six, and three going into this season, um, I, I think, you know, it, it was a lot of the Blackhawks just kind of willing themselves early this year uh, to, to fight fight for every inch of ice or whatever and whatever cliche you want to use and, and be able to muster up a comeback. And sometimes bounces go your way for a number of, of games. Yeah. Sometimes the puck luck stretches out for a while and, and, and things go, go your way when usually they won't. And uh, I think now we've seen the last couple of games where I think we're seeing more or less what this Blackhawks team is, is capable of on a consistent basis. And, um, you know, I, I, I think I, I hate to overuse the, the crash back down to earth uh, phrase, no, but it's accurate. I think, yeah, I think what we're going to see is, is this Blackhawks team start to kind of fall back down the standings. Some of these teams that are at the bottom of the standings or in the bottom third of the league that were surprised are there. I think they'll start to figure out ways, their own ways to get out of this position, much like the blues. They're a better team than their record. Um, and I, I think those, those teams will start to climb up the standings and, and eventually everything will uh, mostly come back to where a lot of the expectations uh, were for this team and for the rest of the league. And I, I really, I hate to have this mentality because I'm, I'm trying to be an optimist as much as possible. Um, but I think we'll eventually see the Blackhawks start to fall down into the bottom six, bottom five, bottom four of the league. And, uh, you know, the tank will be back on track. Not yeah. that far away. <laughs> no, definitely not. One topic we talked a lot about before you joined us, I wonder if anybody asked about it post-game, was uh, anybody ask about Caleb Jones and his current ride on the struggle bus? Yeah. Um, Luke Richardson talked about Caleb Jones being a minus five tonight. Um, as, a, as a true head coach, sticking up for his player uh, will do. Um, he, he basically, in in – more words than I'll say, uh, said that the number is a little deceiving for how he actually played. Um, again, I'm not so certain I exactly agree with that, but yeah, this was a tough night for, for, for Caleb Jones. And, um, you know, he's, he's in that rotation of coming in coming out of the lineup and with his brother being hurt, it's kind of forced him into a regular six role. Um, but Alec Regula didn't have a great night tonight. Uh, I would assume Philip Bruce will be back into the lineup, um, but yeah, I don't know Ragula. who it'll be for. <laughs> will yeah. it, you know, will it be for Regula or will it be for Caleb Jones? Because I, I really, think Jones just needs a a, a, a day to take a deep reset. Breath. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's in his own head right now, and uh, a, a, a reset button here this weekend wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, and and Richardson said. Nope. You know, the guys have been playing a lot, practicing a lot, been a lot of hockey recently for them. So they're going to get the day off tomorrow um, before, uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably get back to it Friday before their, their, their quick trip to, uh, to Boston on Saturday and then coming back home on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody could probably use that day off. I think Caleb Jones could definitely use that day off, um, maybe more, but uh, it, it, it doesn't seem like uh, – Richardson wasn't burying Jones tonight, and um, I, I, I did ask, as uh, a lot of people uh, made mention and, and made you know made uh, made the rounds today. The the return of uh, our savior Ian Mitchell, 
uh, after a four-point night, uh, four-point afternoon rather uh, for the Rockford Ice Hawks today, uh, and Caleb Jones's poor performance. Um, saw a lot of people online uh, calling for Ian Mitchell to come up. Um, I obviously asking Richardson that kind of question directly about, hey, would you give Ian Mitchell a look? He's not going to give you an answer because I'm sure he really wasn't paying attention to the Ice Hogs game this afternoon um, and is more focused on on what's immediately in front of him. It's also not his exact decision. Kyle Davidson will have some say in that as well. But I, I asked him, you know, this, this morning before the game, he said that, uh, you know, as far as the forwards go, some some players were having some struggles in the bottom six, and he felt more comfortable giving them the opportunity to kind of work through their own struggles before making any moves down into the minors, uh, pulling anybody up from Rockford in the forwards group to uh, maybe make a change in the lineup. I asked him, does that also go for the defense after a, a game like tonight? And he said, basically, they're going to have to figure it out over the next 10 to 14 days before Seth Jones is ready to come back. They're going to have to figure it out with the guys that they have. So just from that answer, uh, without Richardson being able to talk with Kyle Davidson and vice versa, um, I don't know if we're going to see Ian Mitchell or any of the Rockford uh, defensemen young defensemen um, make an appearance anytime soon. I think what they're really banking on is Seth Jones eventually coming back and eventually getting back into the lineup and being, you know, the, 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 the do it all minutes eater uh, in that role that he usually plays. So I think this is, this is the group that they're, that they're going to roll with for the next couple of days. Um, unless anybody has another, you know, egregiously bad game, I don't think we're going to see anybody coming up anytime soon. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, uh, I kind of agree with Luke where it's not like Caleb Jones was out there just completely turning the puck over and playing awful. Some of it was bad luck, bad timing, all those things, but a minus five is hard to ignore. And you have to worry about the, you know, like the psychological impact of being in a game like that where every time your skates hit the ice, it feels like the puck's in the back of the net. Caleb Jones is still a relatively young player. Um, he's not had any really sustained NHL success in his career. There's been flashes like we had a week or two ago where he was on a point streak and looked really good. And then there've been as many or probably more flashes to the negative like we've seen today. So I really think at least a game sitting out can benefit him. And as for Ian Mitchell, I think the whole savior tag has been thrown out the window, but I do think at some point this year, and Greg and I were talking this before he jumped on Mario, he's got to get a look because this organization needs to know what they're going to do with Ian Mitchell, play him here, get rid of him, let him walk, whatever. Um, maybe they know already, so they don't need a look, but I think it's worth, especially when you're struggling to score, when you don't really have an answer on the power play, uh, you know, Caleb Jones is your main point guy in the power play. That's not great. Uh, get him up here and see what he can do. And if he, if it doesn't work out, send him back. I just don't think that they should just say, look, we're, we're valuing the Rockford season and we've got our team here. You have to try some, th you know what I mean? Like for the good of the team and for the morale of the team, you can't just keep rolling out the same thing. Failure after failure after failure. You have to at least feign <laughs> that you're trying to make things better and make them more competitive because if it's this is what I said from day one, Luke's biggest challenge this year 
is going to be keeping this team motivated as the losses pile up. Michael said it earlier in the chat, like Hawks aren't hard to play against anymore. Well, early in the season, they're all gung-ho. They're giving you everything they've got. They're excited. But now the losses start adding up. It's going to be impossible to maintain that level of compete because you've got guys feeling crappy about themselves or about the team or about whatever. You have to mix things up every now and again. And if it's a call-up or it's a, or whatever, you can't just say, this is my team. These are the guys that are going to be here, and that's it. At some point, you've got to try something new, give somebody a new look, shake things up, because I think it, it it can add a little bit of energy for everybody. And it's also, these guys in Rockford, you mentioned Jacob Galvis is a point-per-game player. He's probably looking like, what do I got to do to get a call-up? Caleb Jones is minus five. Alec Regula is minus three. How come they're up and I'm not? Yeah. When do I get a chance? That too. And you also got you to have some accountability. Yeah. You can't just say these are my 18 guys all season, no like matter how bad it gets, outcome, you're right. playing. You got to set up some accountability. You talk about culture that, that they're trying to set up. You've got to be able to perform. Granted, this team isn't set up for a lot of success, but if you're just, if you're dogging it or just flat out playing bad hockey, even on a bad team, you shouldn't have a guaranteed spot. That's right. Yeah. And, and I, I don't disagree that, as far as Ian Mitchell goes, yeah, he should get some sort of sustained NHL time this season before the Blackhawks ultimately make a decision if they're going to yeah. have him be part of the future or have him be some sort of trade piece, whatever it is. Um, but I, I, I think within the first 15, 16 games of the season, there's probably no need to give anybody the hook too early um, as far as maybe from, from Luke Richardson's perspective, uh, I think he wants to, you know, give these guys some time to, 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 to play together, to gel together. This is, mm-hmm. you know, by a wide margin, this is mostly a bunch of guys coming together that really haven't played all that much together, trying to find some, some chemistry with, you know, defensive pair. I mean, you got Jared Tenorti and Jack Johnson uh, playing well above their, <laughs> their weight uh, in, in, in this roster and, you know, you have uh, Andre Sathanasiu and, and Max Domi trying to figure out, you know, their their roles and their fits with the with the with this team. And you know, I, I think you, you if you're Luke Richardson, you want to give this group a uh, chance to kind of gel together before you you know yank anybody out of the lineup or send anybody down, call anybody up before you're mixing things up like that. If if it gets to a point where you know, not only are is the record tanking, but morale is tanking and the mood in the locker room, which we've been hurt hearing all season has, is much better than it was last year. That's great. But when it starts getting back to, you know, last year levels or potentially worse as the, as the losses continue to pile up and maybe some, some guys play start to uh, really take a decline, then yeah, I think you start looking at your minor league system and, and, and what you're doing down, what, who's, who's standing out down there and who's, uh, who's earned their shot. As far as the forwards group, I mean, me and Greg were talking about it today. You, are you calling up Brett Sunny? Are you calling up Luke Phillip? Yeah, Dylan Secura. Are you, are you signing David Gus to an NHL contract to bring him up? No, you're not. So I, I, as far as forwards go, I don't really know who you're looking at that's really earning anything in Rockford uh, outside of Lucas Reichel. And with Lucas Reichel, the plan is once he's up, he's up. 
So, and he's not a bottom six player. So I think in the forwards group, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck uh, in, in, in that sense. And defensively, that's where you have all the potential guys to come up. But with Seth Jones out, like you're kind of, it seems like Luke Richardson's kind of giving his defensive group a longer leash because they don't have Seth Jones. Now, if Seth Jones was healthy and you have Caleb Jones in the lineup and he's playing terribly or, you know, Jared Tenorti starts playing awful or, or, or what have you, and you have a healthy Seth Jones in the lineup regularly, then yeah, maybe you start to give an earlier look to the guys in Rockford. But, you know, it, it really seems like Richardson is, is kind of leaning on the fact that Seth Jones is out and he's trying to give his, this defensive group uh, as much time as possible to try and figure things out and basically stall until Seth Jones is back. Beyond, yeah. beyond, beyond that, I think that's when you start to look at once Jones is back, 100% in the lineup and, and, and back to playing the role that you know he's used to playing with this team, I think that's when you start to look at the, the defense and say, okay, what's working? What's not working? Who needs to go down? Who should come up? Yeah, I mean, you're right. And, and like Seth Jones being out negatively impacts everybody. And look, you could say every team's top defenseman being out has the same impact, right? But like... You have you have guys in roles they have no business being in, right? Like, and on no planet is Caleb Jones a number one point man on a power play. It just it's just not a thing, right? No. In in any circumstance on any team, when he comes back, everything's going to look better. Tyler Johnson, I would imagine, will play at least by Sunday. Yeah, there's uh, there's yeah. a guy that takes Taylor Radish's spot in the top six. Yeah, and they'll look better bringing Seth Jones and Tyler Johnson back. That's for damn sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just feel like you can only let these guys flounder for so long. And I get, you know, we want Rockford to compete. Well, you know, sending Alec Regula down and calling Ian Mitchell up isn't going to hurt Rockford that badly, right? You're still bringing them a, a, a very good AHL player in Alec Regula. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, we're all, I think we're all saying the same thing in circles here, but it's just we're kind of here at this point in the season looking for some answers and some solutions that probably just aren't going to come at least for a while. Anyway, you want to get to the uh, four stars of the game? Sure. Okay. Yeah. We have to, right? Let's do it. They're starting to turn the lights out here. So, let's Oh God, we got to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The three stars of the game. Uh, number three for St. Louis, Jordan Cairo. Uh, he had a he had a pretty decent game. Andreas Athanasiu with a pair of goals for the Hawks. He's the number two star and your number one star of the night. Ryan O'Reilly, who after the game told Darren Pang that all the Blues moms were drunk. <laughs> it was confirm. awesome. Yeah, it was. All, oh yeah. Yes, they were. Uh, they were in the outside the Blues locker room uh, as I was walking down towards the uh, the Blackhawks locker room. And uh, uh, if, if for those familiar with how I met your mother. Um, the Blues moms, uh, they are uh, definitely some woo girls. So it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was fun to see that. It's funny. Not you yet, Mario, but me and Greg, we're at the age where we're starting to look at the players' moms more than their girlfriends. We're like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, Mrs. Pitlick. Well, I'm, 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 clo I'm closer to age to the moms than the, the, the wags. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, happy sixth anniversary to uh, Mackenzie Entwistle. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's doing okay. Um, 
All right. Uh, force, someone in his life. Uh, he posted a photo on Instagram of him and his girlfriend, um, and he'll be okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about uh, Mackenzie and Whistle. And finally, he's got a family, maybe. All right. Uh, my four star, I think I, who is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jujar Kara is my four star of the game. <laughs> I'm sorry. He made a nice play uh, in the defensive zone to break up uh, a pass and lead to a goal. Uh, just overall, it's a guy who, when he's out there, he's giving you everything he's got. It is limited what he's got, but uh, I, I, I do really like Jujar Kara uh, as a dude and as a player. And um, I thought he had, a, I thought he had a solid game. Picked up his first assist of the season, so why not? Jujar Kara gets my four star of the game. All right, I'm going with defenseman Jared Tenorti because he wasn't a minus five, <laughs> <laughs> and he played the exact type of game you want from a. Jarrett Tenorti. I like him. Um, two shots on goal, offensive juggernaut. Uh, he also had uh, five hits, led the team in that category as he does every night. A takeaway, two block shots, had 27 shifts, which was third most on the team. Shifts. So, uh, yeah, the other would be a record. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Jarrett Tenorti. He's, he's like, when we, when we thought of the four-star segment, he was the exact type of player we had in mind for this segment. Yeah. So unsung hero. Right. So yeah. way to not be a minus five, Jared Tenorti. Yeah, I think Jason Dickinson might have the Blackhawks record for the uh, for the other one there. But um, <laughs> my. Uh... <laughs> it took a second to register. That. Well played. Well played. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. The, com- the, com- the comedy ninja strikes again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, we, we've all been there, but, um, <laughs> my four star of the night was, uh, another defenseman, Jake McCabe, uh, over 20 minutes, uh, tonight, uh, playing on a, on a top pair role, uh, role with, uh, Jack Johnson there, as we all uh, expected to happen this season. <laughs> um, you know, he, he didn't get really, uh, too much glory on the, on the score sheet tonight, but there were, I, I don't know who, who's counting block shots. Uh, up here in the press box for the Blackhawks, but they missed a couple because McCabe had about three on one penalty kill. Um, he was only, I think he was only uh, uh, given one for the game, but he had three on one penalty kill. And uh, he also was sold out in the corner uh, on, on one play and bending and twisting uh, into the boards in a way that if you've had uh, surgery on your back and neck, you don't want to bend and twist. But uh, that is the, the way of the McCabe to uh, kind of sell out in those situations. So uh, after that shift where he had a couple of blocks, that's where I, uh, you know, sent in my, my selection for the fourth star and uh, I'm going to give it a McCabe tonight. Yeah, I think one of the uh, St. Louis Blues mothers was keeping score today because there were a lot of weird things happening on the uh, event and game summaries today. So, all right, Mario, get out of there before they uh, lock you in. Yeah, I might have to learn <laughs> basketball here pretty quickly. It'd be great for content, though. Mario's yeah. night at the United Center. A, a night at the United Center. There, there's plenty of space up here. You can set up a cot, have a there nice, you, uh, you know, I, I do like to sleep in a cooler room, so this would be a you know, nice temperature for me. Unlimited yeah. gummy bears. Well, you know, I'm, I might challenge Dickinson if I have too many uh, gummy bears, <laughs> and I, I don't want to be doing that. So. All right, well, get home safely and don't do that. We'll see you, right, we'll see you at McDonald's in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll meet you guys over there. All right, see ya. That's Mario Tirabasi live from the United Center. Follow him on Twitter at Mario underscore Tirabasi. We appreciate everybody being with us tonight. Make sure you smash 
that yeah. like button. Got some awesome comments. I just, uh, yeah, Thomas and I think it was Hunter earlier giving us some great feedback. We appreciate yeah, you guys. You. Um, uh, reading reading comments like that uh, is uh, it, it helps talk through slogs of hockey games. Yeah. So we appreciate you because if you guys aren't watching and you guys aren't tuning in and, and listening, then we got to go get regular jobs again. And I don't want that. No, you'd be amazed how like seeing one comment like that throughout the uh, course of a post game show, like can sustain us like, all right, that's cool. People, yeah. people dig what we're doing. There's so. one person out there that likes it. We're going to do it for that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. We got to get to, we got to get to a break here, but real quick, some programming stuff. Tomorrow we're off, but in honor of Marion Hosa's uh, jersey retirement, we are going to have a very special uh, best of CHGO Blackhawks Hosa edition where it's an hour-long show made up of our reaction to him retiring as a Blackhawk and then our reaction to the Hawks announcing they're retiring his number. That'll be out tomorrow afternoon, so make sure you give that a listen. Friday, unrelated, a very special guest in studio at 11 a.m., that will be our special showtime on Friday, 11 a.m. You don't want to miss that one. It's going to be a good one. Tomorrow is also going to be a very good day to keep your eyes yeah. peeled to Twitter and social media, say 10 o'clock-ish in the morning. Yes. And then about an hour after that. So just keep your eyes glued to the uh, CHGO Sports main account and the CHGO underscore Blackhawks account. Lots of fun uh, announcements coming tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, and Tuesday at 2 Bernie Nichols. Bernie Nichols. We'll join the show. Bernie Nichols. Nicholas Cage's long lost brother. There you go. All right. Uh, so if you've been to one of our uh, Bears tailgates, I'm sorry, Chicago football tailgates. Don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> you may have seen the Chi-Town custom cornhole bags. Uh, they are awesome. They look amazing. I, I heard about them before I saw them. Then they brought in a CHGO set for us. So these are this is the nicest bag set I've ever seen. It's got the glossy finish, the beautiful graphics. Uh, it's got the handles on the side. It's got the Abacus scorekeeper. If you're looking for a sweet-ass uh, cornhole set, go to Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for the Chicagoland, for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. They are veteran-owned and operated. They can ship anywhere, and they offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event. Wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions, and especially great for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website, ShyTownCornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Shytown Custom Cornhole Boards. Go check them out. They are absolutely uh, sweet looking. Get yourself a Shytown Cornhole bag. Speaking of sweet looking, oh, if you want to look, oh, I'm sorry. I want assume. to look sweet <laughs> while playing your Chi-Town Cornhole custom boards. Uh, you should be wearing some Shady Rays while you're doing that because those are the sweetest looking sunglasses out there. And they are not nearly as expensive as you would think they should be. Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays has got you and your precious eyeballs covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays is they have the most awesome protection program out there. Basically, if you lose or break your sunglasses on day one, Shady Rays will send you a new, fresh pair 
for zero dollars. That's right. Free Ooh. replacements if you break or lose your pair right out of the box. I can afford that. Yes. Free is always good. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I could tell you from being a customer of theirs for the last couple of years. These are just as good, if not better, than all those really expensive name brands you see out there in uh, sunglasses stores, right? They have sunglasses stores. Sure. Sunglass Plus, Hut. Yes. They, They're still around. Yeah, I think so. I haven't been to a mall in forever. Uh, <laughs> Shady Race customers seem to agree. They have over 200,000 five-star reviews wow. on their website. Let's see if we can get that many five-star reviews on, on our Apple podcast. Uh, Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every purchase, and they've donated over 20 million meals to date. That's really cool. Uh, they stand behind their product as well. If you have any problem with your order, they will throw profit right out the window. If you don't like the sunglasses, they will pay to ship them back. No questions asked. And since Shady Rays loves CHGO listeners almost as much as we do, yep, they almost. are giving you one of the coolest best deals you can find anywhere use the promo code chgo at checkout and you will save 50 percent on orders of two or more pairs of sunglasses kids that's buy one get one free and that's always fun or bogo as they say if you're limiting characters uh that's two pairs of awesome shady rays for as low as 54 bucks check them out shadyrays.com do it do it now uh should we talk about the seattle stuff well, we, first, we need to assign our king of the game. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we don't have the horn effect in this uh, studio. This but. is not a horny studio. That's for sure. Uh, our Speak king of the game, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, is Andreas Athanasiu. Two goals, three shots, a block shot, 1708 of ice time. And he caused he was our pal Charlie Ramos to break a plate in the press box. <laughs> Opa! <laughs> between, Every time. Between him and Jordan Cairo, he was a happy man. It we was a to, good day for He was yeah. about ready to, to take his shirt off and start waving it over his head. Well, it's hornier in here now. Uh, every day is a good day to be Charlie, except that day in Milwaukee. Yes, that yes, day sucked. That was not great. Um, but, yeah, it was. Uh, there you go. That's our king of the game. And what hockey fans... It's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, I just hear a lot of yelling yeah. from the Bulls show, an official sports betting partner they must of the lost. NHL. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, yeah. You're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. That's good. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Uh, if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with those same game parlays. You sing... Jack Johnson and Jared Tenorti are going to score. Bet a dollar, win a million. <laughs> if that happens, uh, combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. It won't be a million, but, you know, it'll be a lot. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you need. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet 5 bucks on any NHL team to win their game and get 200 bucks. In free bets, if they do, that's code CHGO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And before we get to the big Seattle news, let's get to our tank standings. All right, things are starting to look up. Or down, however you want to look at it. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks are still your leaders in the clubhouse for Connor Bedard. 
Uh, 16 games, they've got 11 points, a 5, 10, and 1 record. Columbus also with 11 points in 15 games, they're 5, 9, and 1. Vancouver, Ottawa, and Arizona all with 13 points. And the Blackhawks with 15 points in 16 games, now 8th in the tank standings. Pretty soon, we're going to have to get rid of that red line. That red line. They're going to join yep. the top five. Not Yeah, not much further away. I think a weekend against Boston and Pittsburgh might get that That's done. That's going to help. That's going to look like 6-9-3 and three, uh, in a couple days. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it is starting to go the way we expected. And, uh, yep, Tyler Johnson's going to be back soon. Seth Jones probably quickly after that. Um, and maybe Alex Daylock too, hopefully. Uh, it didn't sound like a, I don't know, like Luke talked about him the other day and just said, yeah, you know, he's starting to skate. He's not taking any shots yet. Might still be a while for Staylock. Concussions yeah. are weird. Everybody t- takes them differently. There's really no set timeline. It's all up to him and, and how he feels, so. And with the way Soderboom's been playing, there's really no way to r- rush a guy back from an injury like that. Right. So, but you know, he's been around the team. He's been at practice. He's 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 been skating before practice for about a week now, and then he's been hanging out, uh, watching the practice from from the bench. Uh, his teammates love him. He's he's such a good yeah. good guy, likable guy. Been through so much. Yep. The last two years, so you know, I'm pulling for him to get back soon. Me too. Uh, my, heart, other, my heart doesn't want to watch him in that because uh, he's an adventure, but you know what? It's entertaining. It's, yeah. Give, <laughs> we could use some entertainment. Yeah, that's for damn sure. All right. The other bit of news is uh, defenseman Nolan Allen was dealt to the Seattle Thunderbirds today, which means that him and Kevin Korchinski are now teammates. Probably pairing mates, too. That's a pretty... Is that a peek into the future of, of Blackhawks? That top would be pairing? fine. I, and I like that a lot because Korchinski is all around, but a great puck mover, offensive-minded, and Nolan Allen is that stay-at-home guy. He's your, it's, he's that, it's that natural, it's that Keith Seabrook kind of vibe. I didn't want to say it out loud. But that's what it is. Chelio Suter, similar. Yeah. Um, I'm not going that far yet. But Jarmelson Oduya. Yeah. Uh, somebody earlier in the chat said, uh, "Is, Korch- is could Korchinski play next year? I think Orchinski can play in the NHL okay. now. He can and should yeah, are two different yeah, things. But there's absolutely no reason to rush him. Yeah. Um, I think he's still probably two years away at least. Um, but, look, don't worry about Kevin Korchinski. Uh, I've seen enough to know that this kid, he's special. Yeah, he's going to be special. Really good player. I, even though we kind of like when they picked him at seven, we we're like, seems a little soon. That's someone we had on our radar very quickly saw what the Hawks saw on him. Yeah, we wanted Frank Nazar at seven. And we would like if they would have swapped them, you know, Nazar at seven, Korchinski at thirteen, would have been like, oh, these are the perfect picks. Yep. But Korchinski wasn't going to be there at thirteen, so that's why they took him at seven. Right. So, um. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be a guy in four or five years. They're going to make people a less angsty about. Uh, is that a word? Angsty. Yeah. That, yeah you got it. Less uh, upset over the Debrinket trade. Yeah. Uh, if you can get an elite offensive puck moving defenseman. For a guy that's got a great slap shot, you take that trade. That'll work. Yeah. I'll take that. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, we want to – now we got to figure out a way to get a, a trip to Seattle. You know, we've been to Denver. We did the trip to South Bend. Uh, I believe the Hawks' final road game of the year in April is in Seattle. So, you know, that's right around the time of the WHL playoffs. So That would be awesome. Let's make it happen. I'd love to go to a Western Hockey League game. I would love oh, to. Oh, yeah. 
Maybe maybe a Seattle Thunderbirds Re- Re- Regina Pats sure playoff game. Gets, that sounds good. That, phew, ooh, that sounds that <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do it. Let's make and it happen. Thunderbirds uniforms. They got the Hartford Whalers colors. Yeah. The with the little the navyish purple yeah. with the green. Yeah, looks good. Looks really good. All right. Uh, remember, off tomorrow, but we've got our special host of show dropping in the afternoon. Then our very special show Friday at 11 a.m. with our very special guest. You don't want to miss that. Very, very special. Very guest. special. Very, very special. Best, maybe the, no, not maybe, the biggest guest in the history of CHGO, not just CHGO Blackhawks, but the entire that's, that's true life of our company, nine months. This is the biggest guest that has been in our studio. The only thing comparable would be IO, but IO needs three more certain things to catch up to this guest. Yeah, and a few more goals. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) All right, let's wrap things up. Thanks, everybody, for uh, checking us out. Make sure on your way out you smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast where you listen to your podcast. And tell a friend. You got a Hawks fan friend that, uh, that hasn't heard of us yet? Let them know. It's very, very helpful. We'll talk to you officially Friday morning at 11 a.m. on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.